Section five of the Lion's Brood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Violet Blue of Albertville. The Lion's Brood by Duffield Osborne. Section five. Temptation. The night was already far spent, and the Roman camp slept on secure in all its grim array silent but for the tread of the patrols as they paced the streets and exchanged the watchword post with post or but for the clang of sword upon greave or shield against cuirass as some sentry at gate rampart or praetorium shifted his arms in weary waiting for the day far up in the heavens the moon shone silvery and serene while here and there upon the plain below swaying points of light seemed to move flicker go out and rekindle again no roman watcher but knew well that play of moonlight upon the heads of the reed-like spears with which the ancient cavalry of the legion were equipped weapons which together with their ox-hide bucklers were being gradually superseded by the heavier greek accoutrement yes and had not the word passed from the guard at the praetorian gate how a tribune and five terme of the fourth legion had ridden out on the service of the dictator earlier in the night those who listened closely had heard a low hum that seemed to pervade the air rising and falling like the dull glow in the west that told of the fluctuant watchfires of the hostile camp now the noises had died away as in the distance and the light that had flashed up a few hours since hardly tinted the clouds it is only the old soldier who can read the signs of a decamping foe who knows how the faggots must be heaped at the moment of departure so that the deserted fires may burn until the morning whose quick ear catches and recognizes the indefinite noises of a host moving in secret all these things were and old campaigners among the legionnaires at the gate had read them aright messenger after messenger hurried to the praetorium and returned with word that the dictators slept having taken all needed measures and how the master of the horse paced up and down before his tent grinding his teeth clenching his hands and muttering curses upon patrician cowardice and imbecility meanwhile lucius sergius rode on through the night with marcus decius at his side and the troop of horse trailing out across the plain behind them it is silent master said the decurion but his attitude as he leaned forward over his horse's neck was rather of one trying to smell than to listen the pulse-eaters sleep deeply he watched sergius from under his half-closed lids waiting to be contradicted that he might measure his officer's warcraft sergius smiled perhaps they are even wider awake than ourselves he said drawing rein then as the other nodded several times in satisfied acquiescence he brought his horse to his haunches astride beyond and added it was the dictator who said we should find their lair empty and though i do not question his judgment it will be well to send on a few who shall spy out the fact and see whether there be not numidians lurking among the huts so slowly and cautiously they pushed forward again with riders in advance until a shout gave notice that the way was indeed clear and they rode through the open gate of the rampart and along the silent street of the deserted camp nothing was about them save dismantled huts for the most part mere burrows with roofs of interlaced boughs that were now smoking amid the ashes of the fires not a sign of disorder nor even of the rapidity with which so great an army had been moved 
not a scale of armor left behind only the insufferable stench of a barbarian camp of offal and refuse piled or scattered about of dead beasts and of dead men the sick and wounded who had yielded to sword or disease during the last few days it was with a sense of relief that the cavalcade emerged from the shadows of the huts and began to mount the rising ground beyond the moon too had grown faint and the gray mists of the morning were lying along the lower levels sounds mingled and far ahead told of the presence of a marching host and sergius led his troop on a more oblique course to gain the flank of the foe and lessen the chances of detection and ambuscade it was not stirring work for a soldier the days that followed never attacking always guarding against discovery and surprise viewing slaughter and devastation that duty and weakness alike made him powerless to prevent or punish sending courier after courier to his general to tell of the enemy's march or of stragglers and foragers to be crushed in the jaws of the army that enveloped the invader's rear thus the war passed through apulia over the apennines down into the old samnite lands past beneventum that closed its gates and mourned over its devastated fields on across the volturnus descending at last into the falernian plain the glory of campania the paradise of italian wealth and luxury during all these days sergius had grown thinner and browner little furrows had been ploughed between his eyes that must pierce every ridge and thicket for the glint of javelins and the wild faces of the brideless riders of the desert from time to time news of devastators cut to pieces brought a fierce joy to his heart from time to time he dreamt he saw the eagles of the republic hovering upon the heights above ready to stoop and strike and save the allied lands from trials greater than they could bear but of marcia scarce a waking thought surely the man he was now had never reclined in peaceful halls where women plied the distaff and talked about love and of how rebullius the perfume-maker of the sabura had just received a new essence from arabia that old life was all a dream perhaps the memory of a former existence as the sage of croton had thought there was nothing real in the world in these days but fear and suffering and humiliation and revenge even duty had become a mere habit that should minister to greater influences and now it was worst of all campania was a conflagration from which rose supplications and shrieks and groans mingled with curses against the cowardly ally that had left her to her fate still the legions held to the high ground and still the black pest of numidia swept hither and thither on its errand of murder and rapine even to sergius the plans of the dictator began to seem but coined lead as marcus decius roughly put it of what avail was it that the pass at teresina was blocked that he had a garrisoned castellinum in the enemy's rear and cales upon the latin way and that the sea and the volturnus and the steep hills with their guarded passes seemed to complete the line of circumvallation could such bonds hold one so wise as hannibal from the rich cities of the plain unless rome would advance her standards sinuessa and cumae puteoli and neapolis nuceria and tinum and above all capua left to fight their own little battle against barbarian insolence and barbarian power what hope to starve out an enemy established in such a region and amid such affluence then too there was less work now for sergius even such as it was the enemy wheresoever he marched was well in view from a dozen points held by the dictator and at last word came to the tribune that he should join the camp near castellinum 
there at least he would have companionship in shame instead of seeming to command men and being unwilling to lead them to fight for lands which the gods themselves had deemed worthy of their contention they were near callus when the orders were brought could it be the dictator's intention to give battle and avenge what he had failed to save by midday they were mounted and threading the forest paths that led to their comrades paths whence from time to time some vista in the woods disclosed the plain below with here and there a column of smoke that made sergius grind his teeth and clench his hands in impotent rage suddenly he drew rein for a man dressed in the coarse grey tunic of a slave had half run half stumbled across his way an instant more and the fellow was struggling in the grasp of decius who had sprung to the ground what now forkbearer what now delight of the scourges cried the decurion will you delay the march of a tribune of the republic pity me master pity me and let me go cried the man still striving vainly to escape sure they are close behind me who are you asked sergius sternly speak and lie not food for our charon they who are burning the farm sergius's eyes glittered and he leaned forward to catch the words as he began to gather their import speak quickly and you shall be safe he said in more reassuring tones whose farm is it that is burning loose him marcus released from the hands that held him the fugitive seemed to waver for a moment between speech and flight perhaps exhaustion turned the balance or still panting for breath he threw himself on his knees before sergius's bridle and gasped my master's farm a veteran of the first war a centurion the numidians where is it how many are there the man pointed down the slope up which he had scrambled i did not note their numbers lord perhaps a hundred perhaps more as he spoke the sky began to brighten as with fire and sergius wheeling his horse urged him downward toward the plain decius was by his side in an instant and behind them came the cavalry at a speed that threatened to hurl them headlong into the foot of the rocky declivity joy and fury shone on the faces of the men only marcus decius seemed troubled and abstracted we shall be with them soon my marcus cried sergius gaily and then noting the furrowed face of his first decurion surely trasimenus has not cooled your heart take courage there is no water here to chill you decius flushed through the deep bronze of his skin it is true that there is no water here and blows might warm my blood it was the command of the dictator that i thought of they had reached the level plain now a cluster of burning buildings hardly a mile ahead marked their goal and is it you marcus who have been railing at those same commands i am an old soldier my master i growl but i obey for answer sergius urged on his horse with knee and thong now they could distinguish dark shapes gliding hither and thither around the fires and now they burst in upon a scene of the orgies of demons utterly unsuspicious of danger the marauders had taken no precautions their wiry little horses had been turned loose about the gardens while the riders murdered and pillaged and ravished and destroyed the worst was over now little remained of the buildings save clay walls covered with plaster dead bodies were scattered here and there the women and such of the slaves as had not been slaughtered together with the farm stock and other things of value were gathered beyond the reach of the fires while bound high upon a rude cross before his own threshold the master of the farm writhed amid flames that shot upward to lick his hands and face then in an instant the scene was changed the roman horsemen burst in and frenzied by the spectacle before them slew madly and fast hither and thither they swept wherever the dusky figures sought to fly 
and the thin reed-like lances rose and plunged and rose again shivering and dripping from the bodies of their victims but for their well-trained steeds who came and knelt at their masters calls not one of the desert horsemen could have escaped and as it was a mere dozen broke out from the carnage and scurried away with the avengers in close and relentless pursuit marcus decius paused a moment before the cross and studied the torn frame and blackened skin of the man who hung there then with a swift movement of his lance he transfixed the quivering body and hardly catching the jove bless thee comrade and the sigh with which life escaped he dashed on after the pursuing squadrons End of section five. Recording by Violet Blue of Albertville.